Welcome back to Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Trammell. Uh, that would be me. Hi. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about performance reviews and how to do them well on remote teams. So we're getting toward the end of the year at the time of this recording, which leads a lot of people to wonder, like, how do we successfully do this remotely? And so I wanted to start off with how can a manager give feedback on performance when they can't really see their team members doing it or even how they're doing it? Okay, so I am going to do something I don't think I've done on this show before, and that is shamelessly plug the long distance leader rules for remarkable remote leadership. And the reason I say that is number one, number one rule is think leadership first, location second. And what that means essentially is do all the stuff you're supposed to do as a manager and the fact that it's remote becomes secondary. I mean, there are some things you need to adjust, but essentially if you are doing the things you should be doing, then the fact that you're remote is a detail and a tweak, not a totally different animal. And nowhere does this apply more (laughs) than (laughs) performance management and reviews. So if you are going to give feedback and if you are a manager, you had jolly well better. Yeah, we're hoping you do that. Um, The differences are not that great. You should do it frequently. You should be specific. You should offer alternatives. You should shut up and listen. Yeah, all that stuff still needs to happen. What is essentially different when you're leading remotely is that the way you set up the performance expectations leads to whether or not it is simple and easy to do the evaluations. Okay. So that if your goals are clear, if you have done smart goals, if you have good metrics in place, if you've had check-ins along the way built into the system and you have been monitoring and discussing as you go throughout the year, it shouldn't be that radically different. That makes sense. That being said, it usually is. (laughs) Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it usually is, the remote factor does get into it. Um, there are a couple of things about working remote that make performance valuations inherently trickier. One is that there is a tendency when you have the ongoing conversations throughout the year to focus on tasks and be very transactional and not have the conversation about the longer-term goals. So you do all this goal-setting up front in January, and then the evaluation comes along, and now you want to talk goals. And it's far too late to do anything about it. So that is something that is inherent. Mm -hmm. Um, As you have those conversations throughout the year, you need to make sure that you are addressing those things that are not burning fires right in front of you. Right. Uh, The other thing about performance evaluations is that we just generally don't do them very well. And here's how you know, remote or in place. If you, as the employee, 
are getting way unexpected news, mm -hmm. good or bad. Your manager has messed up. Yeah, you should you should know way ahead of time. If as a manager you are dreading this performance evaluation because you have to tell somebody something they don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. You have messed up because nothing that comes in the performance evaluation should be a surprise. Right. It really should just be checking in on what's been going on throughout the whole entire year. And, and I really, really, really want to make the point that we are talking strictly here about performance evaluations, conversations about raises, conversations about compensation, conversations about other next year's goals should be separate conversations from the performance review. Okay. So while why is kind that? Of interchanged, well, while they're kind of interchanged, here's the deal. I'm sitting down with you, I'm having your performance review, and every piece of good news, your brain goes, aha, I'm getting a raise. And every okay. piece of bad news goes, crap, there goes my bonus. And, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and, and you are not focusing on what is important, which is the performance conversation. Gotcha. Hence why it should be a separate conversation. Okay, that makes sense. And very often your manager has no control over the compensation piece. Right. Right. I can give you the greatest evaluation in the world, but if the company says you're going to get two and a half percent and like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then that's what it is. That's going to impact the performance conversation. So performance evaluations are a separate thing. Yes. And, and so the easiest way to kind of look at this is the performance evaluations start on the day you set the goals and agree to the goals. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. It's really that simple. Um, you know, we actually changed the name of one of our courses. We used to have a course at Remote Leadership Institute called Goal Setting and Accountability. Yes. And we actually changed the name of the course because we now call it Goal Achievement. I'm not sure I realized that that's why it got changed. It got changed because we are really good at setting goals. Everybody listening to this has had the goal setting conversation with their manager at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And some of us choose our goals and some have goals thrust upon us. And usually it's a mix of the two. Mm -hmm. But performance evaluation starts there. <laughs> right? Yeah. It starts with what are the things that we are expected to do because a performance review, a performance evaluation is nothing more than here's the goal and here's where you are and here is the gap or how much you are surpassing it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and so it starts there, right? And, and the more frequent conversations you have about that, how are you doing against the standard? Are you ahead? Are you behind? What's the quality of your work? What are other people saying? What can we do to help you be more successful? It comes around at the performance evaluation and we should pretty much know where we are. Yeah, right? this shouldn't be a stressful conversation. It, it should not be a stressful conversation other than, you know, if you're badly missing your performance metrics, that's never fun. Well, yeah. 
And again, you know about that way ahead of time. Yeah, it shouldn't be the first time you're hearing about it. Right. So do you have any tips or rules, I guess, to make remote performance reviews effective? I mean, I mean, we've talked already about making sure to check in over the course of time so that way none of this is a surprise. But when we're doing it, you know, in a remote fashion and we're on webcams and stuff like that, is, is there something that, that we could be doing? I think the single most important thing that you can do as a manager is lay out what does this conversation look like? We're going to discuss this. They're going to discuss this. This is what's on the table. This is not what's on the table. This is not your compensation conversation. This is not, here's what it is, right? Set yeah, the create an agenda. Create an agenda and then throw the ball into their lap. Okay. Right? Um, overall, how do you think you did this year? That makes sense. Okay. Start big picture. Yeah. And it's interesting. You don't want to make that too narrow a conversation. There's a difference between how do you think you did this year and how did you do against your goals this year? Those are two different conversations. Right. You may have done really well and still not been able to hit the goal for well, whatever reason. As a manager, I not only want to know factually what is going on. I want to know what's going on in your head. You know, I thought I had a pretty good year. Or it was a little bumpy. Or, you know, it started good, but like. Yeah. You know, but I want to know where that person's head is at. Because the rest of the conversation kind of depends on that. That right? makes sense. Are if they you... defensive? Mm -hmm. Are they in a good mood? Are they open to feedback? Are they freaked out? Anything, you know, that's going to give you cues as the leader and as a decent human being on how do we have this conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you ask them the question about, you know, how do you feel like you did this year? And you're like, oh, everything was crappy and all that. But the data shows otherwise. You also have an opportunity to be like, you're not confident enough. <laughs> like you did really exactly. well. Exactly. Are, are do they understand what's going on? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's both factually and emotionally. Right. If they're saying, oh, I crushed it. And you're looking at the numbers and you're going, the only thing you crushed was my hopes for you. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's a different conversation. If somebody is on the defensive, you're going to approach that conversation differently than if somebody is relaxed and calm and, and open. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make the feedback process because no matter who they are, there's going to be tough news as well as good news. Of course. Um, it makes it easier to have those conversations and makes it easier for the person to hear. Because the thing about feedback is it is not a one-way process. Right. We tend to think of feedback as I'm going to tell you something. But in fact, for feedback to be effective, it needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. It needs to be understood and it needs to be actionable. There needs to be something that I can do about it, right? right. If it, it, either keep doing that or for the love of all that's holy, don't ever do that again. Yeah. But there's an action associated to it. And if we mess up on the first part, mm -hmm. 
right? <laughs> they don't hear it. Well, if I am freaking out, if I'm worried about my compensation and I'm worried about this and, and I don't know what you think of the work that I've done and my brain is, you know, the squirrels are going crazy right. in my brain, I physically cannot hear you. Yeah. I mean, there, there's people like me that we know we've done really well over the year, but that the word performance review just instantly says, I'm going to go into this room and get fired. Like, <laughs> like some of us I don't have know. really high anxiety. It's amazing. It has been many, many years since I was fired from a job. And I still think it's going to happen. <laughs> right. Every time. You're like, I don't know what I'm being fired for, but it's happening. <laughs> But it makes it really hard to have good, constructive conversations when that's the conversation that's swirling right. around in people's heads. So the single most important thing you can do is start with the other person and ha give them not only factually do they have a sense of what's going on, right? Do they have a realistic sense of what actually happened? But what's their emotional state? Mm -hmm. What is their attitude towards? I was going to say, it also gives them a chance to give feedback to you as a manager too. You know, hey, I really would have loved to have done this, but I really didn't have a, enough, you know, Which criticism is or whatever. Critical. It needs to be a conversation. And a lot of managers mean well, um, and particularly when they're doing this remotely, these are tough conversations to have right. remotely. You need to have them as richly as you can. So if you can't be face to face, at the very least be on camera together yeah so you can read body language and all that kind of stuff. right and they should know they're going to be on camera yes right nothing that happens in a performance in a formal performance review conversation should be a surprise both parties should know exactly what to expect going into it yeah yes that makes sense um this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for answering this. Is there anything else that we left out that you wish I would have asked? I don't know that I've left anything out. And good heavens, time flew by on this one. Um, I just think it's important. And, and again, I, I hate to be that guy, but leadership first, location second. If you think about what should happen, and this is true of everything we do in our lives. If we stop and think about what should happen, there's a better chance that it will happen that way. Yeah, the if simplest kind of things are the hardest part, right? Our pants and we don't prepare for it and we don't think about it, there's a pretty good chance it ain't gonna go the way you want. Right, yeah, absolutely. So to our listeners, thank you so much for listening to The Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. That helps our show reach more teammates and leaders just like you. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. Let us know you listened to this episode or even suggest a topic for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. Lastly, if you'd like to gain greater confidence with your virtual team, sign up for Demystifying Remote Leadership Video Series at longdistanceworklife.com forward slash video. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down.